Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And it's Halloween. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether it was or not. I figured it had to be a, all the photos on Facebook of people dressing up. <laughs> yeah, Halloween. And we've gone to see Ring. The original Japanese Ring. Ringu, as um, we all called it back in the day. And I think that is, I think that is its proper Japanese name. Uh-huh. It, it, it was from 1998 and it was remade four years later by Gore Verbinski in Hollywood as mm. The Ring. Right. which is the one I've seen. I never saw this, and it was one of these that everyone had heard about it, but everyone sort of knew of Japanese horror, or J-horror, as, like, the really scary stuff, mm. you know? Like, Hollywood was trash, and if you really wanted to be creeped out, it was the Japanese stuff, but no one had ever really seen any of them, from what I could tell. Um, you, you didn't even know anything about this. No, um, you know, as you know, I'm ne- I've never been really interested in horror. I mean... Kind of, I suppose in the last decade or so, I've really forced myself to see them just because, you know, it seems kind of the most critical of genres at the moment and the most vibrant and so on. But, you know, I, I don't like to be creeped out, so it's never been like a, a you know, yeah. a genre that... Uh, but you hadn't even heard of The Ring? or No, I, I, I have heard. I obviously did hear about it and, you know, I also heard about the American remake and so on, but I just... It's it. not my kind of thing. Well, I mean, I'm really glad that I've seen it now because um, I mean, it's it's been a long time. It's been sort of well, twenty years. Well, I'm going to rely on you, really, because you know, now that I've seen it, I'm thinking, what was all the fuss about? I kind of am as well. I must say, ah. I know I know horror guru, so I. Um, but I think, I, I think you can definitely see its influence, and I think it, you know, it came out at around the same time as the Blair Witch Project did as well. So mm. horror kind of changed mm. within a couple of years around the turn of the century and I think you can see the influence of both of those films enormously in, in kind of in the keeping the scares off screen and the kind of waiting and uh, what I didn't what I'd forgotten about The Ring in particular having seen the remake was how much of it is a detective story that you're yes. you know, you're waiting for the scares and it's actually a mystery yes um, and it's not kind of um, it's not kind of pounding you with with the creepiness all the way through, not not at all. And I think the Hollywood one does more than this. All oh, right, okay, um, because I didn't even find this creepy at all, really. No. So no, I, I didn't find it scary, and I didn't find it creepy. Uh, I did... Um, I mean, there were certain things that I found interesting and amusing. I mean, actually, I think it looks very good, you know. It's a 4K restoration that looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. And some of the compositions were just very interesting, Right, kind of, you know, the way that um, the panels of a house always kind of create this V shape, right? Um, you know, the use of that Japanese architecture, the camera often on the floor, you know, as kind of you expect, but also the way that you have framings within framings within framings that are done by doors and, mm. yeah, you know, shelving and so on. Um, the TV screens do that as well. They, the t- they become yeah. mirrors at points in quite creepy yeah. ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they become mirrors and then they become doorways. So all of that aspect I found really interesting. Um, I found the leads uh, attractive. I thought the mixing of, um, you know, making it like a kind of a supernatural story, I thought all of that, you know, was kind of interesting as well. I like that. Um I very much like its tone in that respect. I mean, I'm sure there are many precedents for... 
for kind of these these detective stories that actually turn out to be investigations of the paranormal. Mm. You know, I imagine if you go back to to the likes of Edgar Allan Poe and um, uh, what's the bloke who wrote about Cthulhu? Um, can't remember. But those those sort of paranormal writers. I think that you know they they all really come down to sort of the normal world turning out to not be as normal as you think, mm. you know, and a kind of investigation is kind of leading into that sometimes, I think. Mm. So it's not like it's massively original, but I think the tone it sets is really good. Yes. Um, though, again, I mean, I did find it slow. Mm. Um, I also found it uh, superficial. Yeah, like, you know, kind of, for me, often, you know, the better films, there are textures to them, you know, kind of things or maybe like a, you know a different like maybe a conflict between kind of what the characters are saying and what you're seeing or you know the way that the background works with or against kind of the characterization or yeah like great films have these textures yeah yeah and i kind of i thought this was quite one-dimensional i think some of that is quite simplistic here yeah. yeah. you know you kind of it, it does a lot of sort of seeing um some creepy figure in a reflection and then mm. turning around and it's not there yes and um that's a trope that has been used you know many many times i don't think it's used enormously effectively here but i think part of why this film kind of entered the sort of the kind of the, the cultural sort of the zeitgeist is that um partly i think that it's from a different culture so you know in the western world it became kind of an artifact of weirdness mm. um and something to be kind of sought out and rather like the rather like the tape of the ring in the film mm. it's like the like the ring itself is saying that you go oh there's this film mm. <laughs> you know and it's about this tape that kills you in seven days all this sort of stuff like the like the the, the talk around the film was as kind of contributed as much to its uh, sort of place in the culture as actually the film itself i think mm. Um, because a lot of what's actually going on in it doesn't seem all that... Um, I don't want to be too down there. I mean, it's not like it's not original, but it's um, it doesn't seem as special no. from today's perspective. But maybe that's its influence. Actually, maybe. it had a bigger... You know, it, it, it affected the way horror went in subsequent years so much, mm. you know? I mean, it does seem to be the kind of the centre point of um, East Asian horror. And at the same, you know, at the same time, or within a couple of years, you had films like Juon, uh, The Grudge, that became The Grudge in, mm-hmm. in again, American remake. The Eye, which I think was from Hong Kong, and again that became that that had an American remake. And there were a couple of others. So it started, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know if it started a revival of Japanese horror or East Asian horror, but certainly it had an impact on. It was like a new people in the Western world started to pay lots of attention to Japanese cinema because of it and East Asian cinema because of it. The only thing that I really, really liked was the videotape. The actual tape itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting because by this period they could have done a DVD, right? But, you know, they did... No, not 1998. So it's it's still quite early. Is it? For DVD, that's quite early. I think DVD started in about 94, 95. Right. And, like, people didn't really have DVD players until the early 2000s. Okay. Well, then I... You know, so I, I was wondering whether it was a conscious artistic choice or whether it was like the dominant form. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if, it was, if it was the dominant form, then, you know, it's less of a, I suppose, of an aesthetic decision. But be that as it may, it still works because, you know, the VHS has this graininess and, you know, when you pause it, you can't quite make out what it's saying. And, mm-hmm. you know, so all of those qualities of, of VHS 
are actually kind of built into the narrative. Yeah, they're kind of made part of the problem that must be solved. Yeah, that that yeah. you can't see or that you can't see clearly, that you can't make out things, that it's blurry, right? Yeah, yeah. As, they're, as they're freeze-framing it and trying yeah. to look through, they can't figure out things, but then they, they kind of bring up the sound and that has another impact. And Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not kind of, it's not precise. Yeah. There's something kind of weird to it. And it really struck me very early on um, that, you know, I wonder how much of this translates to someone sort of 15 years younger, younger than I am. Yeah. Because you go, okay, so it's, it's VHS. Kids may not have ever used VHS these days. Probably wouldn't. No, you know? they this wouldn't. Is, um, so VHS, there's, uh, you know, cameras, the, the photos have to be developed. Hmm. You know, imagine that. Sending your photos away and you have to come back a few days later to pick them up in weirdness. But then they do bring in a Polaroid, which gives you a photo in under 30 seconds. Uh, you know, a very blurry photo in under 30 seconds. Which is, which is still, you know, it's, it's not instant. It's not camera phone stuff. Um, obviously, all the phones are landlines. You know, yes. thing, I mean, receiving a phone call is terrifying in the film. It's true. As I suppose it is it? to young people these days because they just text. Yes. And then um, they don't want to talk on the phone. But like it's it's kind of it's really it's really built around what at the time was as you say dominant technology. This was just the way people lived. Um, but it, it kind of you, you need to readjust to the way things were now. Mm. Um, it's weird. But I think it's also got that thing of like it's it makes use of what was at the time dominant technology to um, to to bring in its scares. So you know in kind of. Well, bringing in scares. What's well, okay, scares? Okay, bring, 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 in the, bring in the supernatural and the creepiness. So, like previously, I think before this, you would have had, um, you know, uh, books. You know, kind of curses in in books and texts and things like that. Like it's it's kind of it's an updated form of that. Sure, I mean it's a film that's of its time, uh, and it uses you know what was dominant and available then. Um, I think you know one of the things that I I suppose I'm trying to make sense of and extract is that it's significant that the husband is a scientist um i think it's significant that she's a journalist mm. yeah so she finds out things and i think it's significant that the plot revolves around the supernatural which is you know kind of contra science uh and also you know stuff that you normally can't figure out that's why it's supernatural you can't figure it out by reason or normal invest investigative or hermeneutic processes so i thought that was interesting i also thought that there was a kind of an interesting rhyme between uh the protagonist being a mother right and also the the central thing about you know the the event is a mother-daughter relationship so you know she's got a son yeah but kind of this is a young girl in the well mm. yeah and so so I think there's kind of obviously interesting things kind of being put into play there. Um, I haven't quite figured out, you know, what mm. they are. Um, I mean, there are some things that are memorable in this film. So the flashback sequences in black and white, you know, with uh, the mother reading minds and so on. Yeah. You know, I thought that was um, very beautifully done. Also, the moment where she goes down into the well and discovers the young girl there and hugs her or, you know, uh, brings her head to her breast. I thought that was kind of 
very good and touching and you know actually I thought it would have more narrative significance subsequently so did I you know because I thought it would be something like showing this girl the love that she never felt exactly and that is what ends the curse exactly yeah so so later when they came oh it's because you made a copy instead of the real thing I thought mm. well what a disappointment you know you have a much more major theme in play Right, I agree. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, and you go for like a kind of a banality like that, really. So uh, that that surprised me a little bit. Um, I did find it too slow, mm. you know, kind of, um, and maybe it's my mood or something. But my mind kept wandering onto other things, like, you know, I know what you mean. You're watching, and then you're thinking, "Oh, should I get steak for tonight?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so. I know what you mean about the slowness. I was, I was, I was all right with it, but maybe I was, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a difference in mood. Maybe I was just a little more intrigued. But I mean, I was the one who wanted to see this, um, so I kind of brought you along. Not that you were, uh, you know, reluctant or anything, but I was, I was the one who had a pre-existing it. interest in it. Yeah. Um, no, I was happy to see it, and I'm glad I've seen it. Uh, I am a bit bewildered by its celebrity, though, or by its mm. fame. I mean, you know. I mean, I think part I of think... it is that the the core idea is so compelling mm. you know you, you watch this tape and then in seven days you die that is perfect kind of um sort of urban myth type stuff it's a, and and it's and the, the, you know kind of a meme that spreads around it's um, a high concept idea yeah. yeah yeah you know you kind of you can imagine that in an ad line right for the poster you yeah, know, yeah you answer the phone and then seven days you're dead uh, I wish that were true of people who answered the phone in in in, in the trains. <laughs> Let's start a curse. <laughs> I think that's probably also true of the Blair Witch Project as well. That I mentioned, mm. you know, the idea of that being like, you know, it looks so real, and people for mm. a long time really didn't know whether it was real or not, and whether yeah. this was a real tape that had been discovered of this creepy thing. So again, it kind of it got into you, got its hooks into you, because it it had it had an urban myth quality to it so you think that basically it's a film of its time I think I think it might be yeah I think they probably both are mm. um, but they but they did wield kind of enormous influence because everything that came after that I think started to look and feel different sure no and, I, and you know and part of the reason why I want to see it today is because I know that I mean it mm. is it is kind of like a landmark film um, you know but aside from you know some some graduate student who needs to see it to provide context for a later argument or whatever. <laughs> I mean, what reasons would you give for someone to, to, to see it now that's not, who has no professional obligation to see it? No, I know what you mean. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it does have aesthetic appeal still. And I think it is still an interesting, although I kind of, having seen the remake, I, although I also saw, also saw the remake quite a while ago when it came out of the cinema, but I still had you know, vague ideas of where it was going to go and that sort of thing. You know, I still found the mystery interesting because I didn't remember all the details and I didn't know what details might have been changed either. Um, and I think it does have those elements that we always talk about with seeing uh, foreign cinema where you're just interested to see what the world is like in this mm. other place. You know, that's always interesting. Um, that is always interesting. And I think it is here too. Yes. Um um, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's certainly not, it's certainly not scary. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel too creeped out. I mean, um, it's not scary, nor is it creepy. I must say that you know the thing that I found most interesting and appealing about it was that you feel it gives you an insight into some aspect of Japanese culture 
you know, which does have to do with the sea, uh, with with religion, with the temples, with particular folk tales of the place, mm. right? Kind of, you know, that it, it gives you a little bit of an in into those things. I think, kind of, you know, that's what I that's what I got m- most out of it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I suppose there are things that you want more answers on. I mean, I do think that ending is dissatisfying mm. when it becomes this thing of, um, oh, I made a copy for my ex-husband to see and he watched it and he died. Because, um, to be fair, at the end of the film, um, you're not absolutely certain that that's necessarily true. Mm. Um, you know, it's just something but that what, she, she asserts. Wasn't this and the sequel released simultaneously or like really close to each other? Not that I know of. Um, I don't. Um, I can look at the sequel. Yeah, because so, there was one, but um, I don't think. I know it's based on a book, and I think there was. A, it's based on a book, a, but but I also do think that the sequel to this film was was released either very close or or simultaneously. So, uh, sequel was released the year later. Oh, the year later. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was. I, I, you know, okay, no, no idea no. if it was already planned or if it was. No, the reason why I'm planned. asking is because if they were released very close together, uh, then the problem about the ending is not a problem in the yeah in the sense that it's got an inbuilt oh, continuity it, yeah. or, you know, uh, um, well, yeah. I mean, I think it still is a problem because it because it, it is dissatisfying as, mm. as we both said. So, um, you know, and and it does seem to miss that thematic thing. I mean, the thing about the ending here is that, as you say, it. What the journalist figures out is, I made this copy, and that must be what the difference is, and that must be what saved me. Mm. Um, but you don't know that for sure. And the film then ends on this kind of cliffhanger thing, where you, you know she's going to go off and make her son make mm. a copy, which it, it, that's something that you actually see in the in the remake. Mm. Um, but you know what she's talking about. She says, "What did I do differently to him? What did I do differently? Oh, I made this copy." Well, the other thing that she did differently was that she found the corpse and embraced it. And what we were saying about that being a much more kind of that that being much more thematically significant mm. in theory, and actually there's a would sexist, be more there's a sexist dimension to making this particular choice, because when she's in the well and she hugs the young girl, and you feel like pity and love and you know uh, reassurance in that hug, then afterwards when she says, "What did I do different?" you know. Uh, to her husband that got killed. And then, of course, you have this image of the husband pointing to the suitcase, right? <laughs> so actually, really, it's the man saving her, or, yeah, solving that problem for her, right? I suppose that's one way of looking at it. She well, yeah, yeah, sure it is a way, because, you know, kind of, he, he, yeah, she, she, he needn't appear otherwise. You know, you might think she could have solved that herself, you know, mm. yeah. So, but no, he appears as a ghost. And then it makes you wonder, does she have ESP or supernatural powers? Because I thought she only saw visions when the, you know... When, when the, the other fella was who, who, who knows that he has psychic powers... Yes. ...is touching the fella, then she kind of seems to get some residual yes. ESP because of it. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. Yeah. It's one of those unanswered... So, things. I didn't like that, you know. Um, yeah. Mind you, I think that if it was something... I don't, I don't remember it. I don't remember if it even made it into the remake. I don't recall it doing so. The the kind of the idea that these people also have psychic abilities, um, but I mean, you certainly imagine in a in the Hollywood remake or in a Hollywood version, it would be over explained to the point where it it has no charm anymore. You know? Possibly, 
Um, but anyway. So I don't mind that being slightly underexplained for that reason. I think it retains a certain charm and mystery about mm. it. Um, what did you think of when it actually did get sort of supernatural and um, and horror seedy? Mm. What do you think of, of, of the effects and what and the way it was trying to elicit effects and that sort of thing? Well, none of them worked on me. I mean, I really, you know, and as you know, I am the most easily scared person, mm. you know, ever really. So, you know, kind of, but I was, I just wasn't. But apart uh, from not being scared, do you think, it, do you think they were interesting? Do you think it was clever or... Uh, um, I mean, I the do, classic scene is where she comes out of the telly. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, you know, and that's an image that stays with you, actually. Uh, that is maybe the image in the film for me, actually. Had you seen it before? Did you know it was coming? No, not at all. Uh, so it didn't know, scare you, but it but it, uh, it didn't scare you? me, but I thought it was like conceptually brilliant. Yeah, mm. you know, kind of yeah. because then the television becomes a gateway, and you know, and not just a repository of image or a distributor of image or a reflector of images. Yeah, yeah, it becomes a, a it's gateway. made real at that point. So. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a gateway from one realm to another or something. I thought that was wonderful, and that's what's so terrifying. That's I remember that really scaring me in mm. the original. Actually, I think uh. the and also it being Hollywood having a bit more money, being a few years later, the effects were a little more sort of substantial mm. and, and believable. Um, but it's not to say it's not believable here. I think it works really well. Yeah. Um, I thought there were things that the film just didn't work out very well, or to my satisfaction, anyway. Um, so, on the one hand, men, except for the husband, are really quite scummy in this film, yeah? You know, mm. kind of the old guys, somebody who exploited and took advantage of, you know, the two women, uh, the professor... Uh, you know, drowns his own daughter, buries her alive in a well, uh, and it turns out he's not really his daughter, right? Um, so it's like almost like the only good man is the hero who dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but actually, I thought all of the interrelationships in the film were not very well developed, right? I thought, for example, the husband's new girlfriend was like, you know... Well, student, quote-unquote. Uh, I think it's clearly a student <laughs> and his girlfriend, mm. you know. Uh, and that was, like, very badly dramatized, I think. Mm. Um, I think the young girls at the beginning were very badly dramatized. It almost felt like a cliche of a Japanese, you know, mm, yeah. movie with, like, these young girls all screaming, you know. Uh, um, I don't think they're particularly good actors. Um, that may be part of it. The, the, the whether kind of they're good actors like. or whether the the characters are drawn that way, it's a problem with the film. Mm. Um, and in either case, I think the director is to blame, right? So if they're not good actors, we should have chosen better, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If they're underwritten, he should have insisted on kind of giving them more depth. So, um, mm. yeah. I kind of... I, I may be going kind of too far one way because... You know, the fact is, I did like it, and I did find it interesting. Yeah. Right? So, my thing is just, you know, what was all that fuss about more than... Yeah, like yeah I, exactly. You know, I didn't have a bad time watching it. Uh, um, you know, I think the only thing that... I, I, I said, my mind did wonder, you know, and it might be my mood, but it also might be that the film wasn't give, giving my mind or my senses enough to work with, really. Yeah, sure. Um, so... 
Um, anyway, yeah, I'm glad to have seen it. So am I. I saw this film the other day, Countdown, it's called. Um, uh, I didn't see it with you because uh, it's. I knew it would be trash and you would have no interest and all the rest. I saw it with Matt. And um, in some respects, it's rather like a, a, a kind of update of The Ring mm. um, with new technology. I mean, this, this does seem to happen. Like, I remember, I think Stephen King came out with a novel in, I want to say 2007 or so, called Cell which I think was about how mobile phones can be scary. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, I think, I think it was a similar sort of thing. And this film, Countdown, it's about an app that counts down your life. Oh. So you download the app and then it says, you've got 85 years left and you go, hooray. And then some people end up with like seven hours and they go, fuck. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then they try and escape it and blah, blah, blah. And it, it, it was terrible. So I'm not, mm. I can't, I'm not advising anybody to see it, but I also had a really good time because it was so rubbish. You know? mm. Um, because it's a, I, I'm going to spoil it actually. It turns out it's all about a curse, and the curse goes back to like Satan. And if and if you go to the source code, if you like hack the app and look at all the code, there's loads of Latin in it, and it's a Latin curse from way back when. And there's all this stuff about if you can prove that the devil is a liar by staying alive for one second longer than the app says, then the curse is defeated. Rubbish. Mm. And there's a priest who's not very good. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but so why are we talking about this? But the point is, but the point is, it's like I think it's still a thing that happens. You know, like people are still people are always looking for new ways to make technology scary. And, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to make ways. I mean, it's not original in any way. This film, so like, it's just taken a load of really normal horror stuff, curses, and kind of the devil and stuff like this. And then it's just like gone, okay, now we put it into the latest thing, which is an app from the App Store. Well, I'm always interested in those yeah. things. I mean, I was very interested. I mean, I remember seeing the first Mission Impossible film. And, you know, there's a bit where Emilio Estevez is in a... Um, he's on top of a lift. He's on, Yeah, he's on an elevator. And, you know, he's got uh, uh, six different spaces, six different rooms show up in his laptop. And you think, oh my God, what a fantastic device. You can then... You know, you then have a motivation to go from this room to that room, yeah, like kind mm. of because you've seen the computer now, it makes sense of you know the various rooms and you can cut to them as you want, right? So, you know, the existence of a computer changes, you know, how you can tell stories, right? Yeah. And that was the same with you know a cell phone and so on, and of course, it was the same with VHS. I mean, we this is an example of how you know VHS then you know allows for different stories and allows for for stories to be told differently, yeah. really, you know. Uh, so, uh, and, and like I said, one of the fascinating things is to see how the technology itself, you know, the graininess, the wavy lines, you know, the fact that it doesn't stop very well, you know, but that nonetheless you can fast forward and move backwards and so on. All of that is kind of using the plot of this film in a way that is really interesting, you know. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been possible, like... Yeah, yeah no, it, that's a really good point. Uh, it, like, it makes good use of the technology upon which it's based yeah. to to bring in problems or tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to help create that world, you know, so... Rather like, you know, rather like Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity, things like that. And there's something interesting about how the technology is used uh, narratively and aesthetically. So, you know, you have a difference between the black and white that you see in the videotape and then kind of the black and white images of the past, right? Yeah. Of the mother reading the mind, which is kind of clearly shot in like black and white film. Yeah. yeah and it looks like an old movie rather than like a video, right? 
Um, so all of those things were kind of interesting. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I like those flashbacks. Yes. They look really cool. Yes, they I, I want to see period. Videodrome as well, because I've never seen Videodrome, but I'm sure it had something similar with... Did it have something similar it. about something coming out the telly in that? Oh, I can't forget the plot, but yes. Uh, though I think kind of it was, it's, you know, people being destroyed from the insides or things bursting out of their stomach or... It's Cronenberg, uh, so probably. Yeah, so I forget. I mean, I get a lot of those um, mm. 70s ones mixed up. Um, but yeah, I'd be happy to see that. I think it was 80s, wasn't it? Videodrome. 84, maybe? Maybe. Videodrome. 83. Mm. There you go. Um, um, yeah, so I mean, this this also has its precedent. I mean, that is, that's um, 14 years before this. So, I, I mean... Don't know if it, wasn't that it must chest- have been an influence. And also, wasn't there something about poltergeist with the child? Yeah, that was know. to do with the telly, right? I don't know if it was to do with video, but it was yeah. definitely to do with getting stuck in a telly. I think. Yeah, yeah, but you know, just like here, the ghost comes out of the telly. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I have a vague memory of that also happening in poltergeist. Yeah, I'm sure there was something about being stuck um, in the telly and that, and so, being all snow on the screen and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's wrap it up here. Uh, so, uh, I'm very glad we saw it. So am I. Uh, uh, it's a wonderful looking restoration. So if this is the kind of film that you're interested in, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity to see it, you know, in its best guise now. Uh, I do think that it, it doesn't quite live up to its reputation for me. Um, but you know, I'm still very glad I saw it. Yeah, I think it's clearly foundational mm. um, to to uh, horror that's come since, um, and for that reason alone, it's worth seeing. But it is also an interesting mystery. I mean, okay, we've gone ahead and spoiled it all various things that go on in it, but it remains, you know, an interesting sort of fairly atmospheric mystery, even if it isn't as scary as <laughs> the hype or its its reputation would lead you to believe. Mm. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, aside from the many places where you can hear us, which Mike will announce in a moment <laughs> because I can't remember, our big development is that we are on Spotify now. And actually, you can uh, download or listen to um, a year and a half of very packed viewing. Yeah, so we've got... We're two, on years. A, two, two years. Two years. Okay. So, and we've got now close to 200 films, really. Plus the yeah, this will be our 180 something. That's right. So uh, yeah, I, uh, we're on Spotify. Um, it, it was it was embarrassingly easy to get us on Spotify. I should have done it long ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> it took uh-huh. about two clicks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but we're on there now, so you can follow us um, uh, on there if that's more convenient for you. Mm. We're also on uh, iTunes and YouTube and SoundCloud, as I always say, and um, our social media remains Facebook and Twitter. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go on um, Snapchat. I don't really understand it. Okay, I don't know what it is. No, so. exactly. <laughs> it's beyond us. <laughs> so, if, in a way, if if you're the kind of person who doesn't know what VHS is or what a landline phone is, then this podcast is not for you because we're also not going to be on any of the, the, the Snapchats. Yes, that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, <laughs> on Spotify, and yeah. SoundCloud and iTunes, but not when on an Instagram. Or Snapchat, <laughs> or, or or whatever Bebo, uh, where, everywhere. Um, anyway, um, so thank you very much for listening. We're on all of those. 
Cheerio. Happy Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh.